Hey gang, Tom Mullen here. Do you have a child who spends more time than you'd like in front of screens consuming low quality content? Well, you can turn that screen time into something fun and worthwhile. I'm talking about mini coders, an educational game-based platform including companion apps made for kids with video tutorials, virtual assistant, and games where kids learn coding skills while they play in the Roblox metaverse, all under the safety and guidance of a virtual assistant and in-game tutors. Minicoders is perfect for homeschooled, unschooled, or traditionally schooled children alike and helps them build 21st century skills and have a ball doing so. Right now, you can try out Minicoders with no obligation by registering for a free trial at TomMullenTalksFreedom.com slash Minicoders. That's M-I-N-I-C-O-D-E-R-S. Again, just visit TomMullenTalksFreedom.com slash Minicoders and start your free trial today. Every revolution starts in the minds of the people. Arm yourself for the war of ideas. Take back your life. Take back your liberty. Tom Mullen Talks Freedom. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Tom Mullen Talks Freedom. Today, my guest is Mark Morano. Mark is the publisher of the award-winning ClimateDepot.com website, a global warming and echo news center founded in 2009. Prior to that, Morano served for three years as senior advisor, speechwriter, and climate researcher for U.S. Senator James Inhofe and managed the award-winning communication operations of the GOP side of the Senate Environment and Public Works Committee. Mark also spent a decade and a half working as a journalist, documentary filmmaker, radio talk show host, and national television correspondent. His reporting has made international news, including appearances and coverage on CNN, The O'Reilly Factor, Hannity and Combs, BBC TV, The New York Times, The Washington Post, and a host of other major media outlets. Today, Mark joins me to discuss his new book, The Great Reset, Global Elites and the Permanent Lockdown. Mark, so glad you're here. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Tom. Happy to be here today. I'd be surprised if there's very many listeners of mine that haven't heard of The Great Reset and don't have some idea that it has something to do with the machinations of the Goldfinger lookalike Klaus Schwab <laughs> and the rest of his buddies at the World Economic Forum. But I'm not sure that even I myself know exactly what they want in the end. If you had to sell this on a 30-second commercial, what is the Great Reset and what's its purpose? All right. This is essentially a century-long effort by global academics and bureaucrats and elite that essentially want to rule without democracy. And you can go back 100 years, Woodrow Wilson's administration implemented what they called the managerial state. And the idea is it's the impulse that if we are left to our own devices, we create racism and equity, wealth concentration, climate crisis, environmental degradation. So we need to have our lives managed for us by credentialed experts. And the World Economic Forum, after the COVID lockdown, sprang into action with this plan in Davos. They came out in June of 2020 and said, 
rare, narrow window of opportunity in which to reset the world. In other words, while everything was shut down with COVID, they wanted it to reopen slowly and in their new image. And that really is what the Great Reset is. It's collapsing our current systems, collapsing of agriculture, food, going after high yield agriculture, going after meat, collapsing transportation, going after gas powered cars, creating car shortages, going after energy. We know what's happening there, the blackouts, the shortages, and even going after First Amendment rights, free speech, because that's all part of it to keep everyone on the same page. you got to control the narrative. All right. Well, that makes a lot of sense that that would be their end goal. At the end of the day, you know, we can go through this voting thing if we like, but we're going to be picking from among their people. And they're going to make all the rules kind of what they seem to be proceeding towards at the European Union when they had this super regulatory body that's kind of unelected people or at least internationally elected people making rules for the separate countries. What I don't understand, though, I get they want to enslave us all, but why would they want to do things that kill off their slaves and make us less productive for them. Usually you would think that they'd want us to produce as much as possible. Well, good question. But actually, they think there's too many of us. They can't manage this number of slaves, in your word, or this number of serfs is probably a more apt term in terms of feudal serfdom. Because remember, you'll own nothing, but you'll be happy. You'll have no privacy. So what the whole goal of this is, and let me have a, a take to a simpler way of looking at the Great Reset is COVID lockdowns were the ultimate expression of the World Economic Forum in Davos, the World Health Organization, and the United Nations vision of how they see the world. The idea is that you'd have the masses told what to do, when to do it, that everything was under tight control by a small cabal at the top. In the case of COVID, it was public health bureaucrats, but nothing that happened in COVID was voted on. No votes on lockdowns, no votes on mask mandates, no votes on vax mandates, no votes to close churches, no votes to ban travel, no votes to cancel schools. This was all done for our own good. That's a key thing. And so what they like about this, and, and that's actually what Davos came out in June 2020, the head of it, Klaus Schwab, said, we have a rare, narrow window of opportunity, and they're using the template of COVID. The idea is we don't need no stinking democracy. The Great Reset is about us telling you. And in terms of numbers, climate activists and these global people from the United Nations World Economic Forum, I've interviewed Hans Schulenhuber, they actually believe that the Earth's carrying capacity is only about a billion people. So we have about excess of 6 billion people. So by creating shortages, chaos, stress, economic calamity, their hope is that eventually, I mean, as a side benefit, populations aren't going to thrive because in abundance, you figure populations would thrive. We're going to stabilize as a population and probably eventually decline as it's projected to do. But they want to make everything miserable. So people you know, make, as Al Gore said, fertility management ubiquitous in Africa, because Africans are projected to have more more Africans by mid-century than China and India combined. So this is that's their mentality. And so they're trying to just keep us really under control right now. That's why they're banning gas-powered cars. They know electric can't replace it, but they're creating car shortages. And they're going to create, you know, instead of Marie Antoinette, let them eat cake, it's going to be let them take the city bus when you're not going to be able to afford a car, when there's going to be shortages, a la Cuba will be the vintage car capital of the world replacing Cuba, or a la East Germany, where we'll be on waiting lists for electric cars for five years like they were with the crappy East German Trabant. When government decrees you can only do X, Y, Z, you're in for low quality, poor service, waiting lists, and all sorts of supply chain and misery. And that's that's their vision because 
They actually think they're credentialed experts and we should be living like this anyway, because if we live our current freedom lifestyle, we have way too big a carbon footprint. We eat way too much meat. We use way too much gas. We keep our houses way too cold and way too warm. We have way too many kids. We have way too many opinions that need to be boxed in and, and, and fought as misinformation and violate our First Amendment. So that's really the vision of the Great Reset. And again, COVID-19, Jane Fonda's words, COVID-19 was God's gift to the left. This is what, you know, if the old seahorses you used to get in the 50s and 60s, you'd add water and they came to life. This whole plan had been dor not dormant, but it had been coming along, ebb and flow. That was the water, COVID-19 lockdowns, that activated the Great Reset. These sea monkeys have come to life, and they're swimming around the aquarium. They're excited, and they're moving fast, and we're seeing it happen fast. We're not, this isn't theoretical, Tom. We're living through it right now. Collapse of energy, transportation, food, and free speech, just as a start. In the wings, it's going to be digital currency, programmable money, where the Central Bank of England head actually announced last year that it will be programmable money. You'll only be able to spend money on what government deems sensible. Just like the Canadian truckers, you couldn't go fund me page. They couldn't access their own bank account. If you baked them coffee or donuts, you would lose access to your own bank account. They want total control, and this is the moment. This is the water. They are the seahorses, and they're being activated. Let's take a short break for this important message. Friends, if you're enjoying the content here on Tom Mullen Talks Freedom, you can support my efforts here a couple of ways at TomMullenTalksFreedom.com slash support. You can join my Patreon for as little as $3 per month, and get machine transcripts to every episode and access to my members-only MeWe group, while all access patrons also get my paid subscriber-only articles and videos, or you can become a VIP patron to get all of that, plus access to all of my online courses and a signed copy of the Tom Mullen book of your choice. Now, if you prefer Substack, I also post my paid subscriber-only content there. Find links to all the ways you can support the show at TomMullenTalksFreedom.com slash support. That's TomMullenTalksFreedom.com slash support. Become a supporter of Tom Mullen Talks Freedom today. And now let's get back to our episode. One of the things that I think people who are on to the fact that something is up here and it's not for our own good debate about is whether they really believe the environmental climate change, all of that, or whether that's just a story. And a lot of people will say, well, look, look where they live. They all live next to oceans. So in your opinion, do you think that that's a cover or it sounds like you think that they really do somewhat believe that humans are bad for the planet and raising the temperature? Okay, it depends on who the they is in this whole thing. There's a whole bunch of different components. First of all, there's the weak need politicians who want to go along because they don't want to be seen as, you know, anti-intellectual, anti-science. And these include your 
Republicans on Capitol Hill, the Republican leadership, the Democrat leadership, and, and the ideological liberals. But there's a big strain of this that's actually the intellectual class. And they actually think in the end, this will bring about a better world because humans will be boxed into cities. Everything we want will be delivered by drone. We won't own property. One of their fantasies of the World Economic Forum is people would you wouldn't have to pay rent on your home because it would also be it would be like a commune during the day they'd have businesses would come in and have a conference in your living room and then leave and that would make it so you didn't have to pay rent you wouldn't own even appliances if you want something you just order it right up they believe that they're through central planning that they can make the ultimate of expression of goods and services at the ready and that's how naive and insane they are first of all they don't believe in market forces more importantly, they actually look at this as a whole and they think a managed society is going to be better for the earth, that intellectual class. Then you have the power class and that's the, the Klaus Schwab's, the Prince Charles, the Bill Gates, the Jeff Bezos, all the corporate leaders that go. And they're looking at this as a way for power, goal, financial gain and control. So they don't believe in the climate crisis at all. But I have to believe that the people who manage this, not so much they believe in a climate crisis, but they believe that somehow the earth will be better off. And they're smart enough to know that any crisis that they can use gives them power. In other words, that's how, and in one sentence, the Great Reset is ruled by emergency decree. And that's what we're at. We're still under a COVID emergency here in the United States, bypass democracy, no city council, no representatives, no Congress. You just make the decisions you need to do. It's one party authoritarian rule, one party Chinese style rule, invading the once free West. That's what we saw in New Zealand, Australia, Canada, to a lesser extent, the United States, but a lot of places in Europe where just these decisions were made for you. There was no need for democracy. You were in an emergency and that's the mentality. That's the great reset. We're too dumb to know whether to mask up or to keep our kids safe during a virus. We have to have specific instructions, stay at home orders, canceling weddings and funerals. And hey, if your neighbor sees you have too many people at a backyard barbecue, they'll get rewarded if they snitch and you'll get your utilities cut off as actually happened in the city of Los Angeles. So that's the dystopian great reset. They just want a total control of humanity and they think that freedom messes everything up from inequity to environmentalism to racism, et cetera, on down the line. The other accusation that they get is that they're communists or at least socialists. And they say, well, we just want to reset capitalism. Now, we have had communist systems and they've all failed and they weren't even good for the people at the top in the end before they failed. So how much less capitalist. I mean, we didn't have capitalism laissez-faire in 1999, much less 2019. Now we're getting even less of it. How far does it go from here? How different is it from what we have now? Well, it's been called, it's not really socialism. It's not really classic communism. What you would call this, it's been called 20th century fascism. And it's been called a technocracy, which is essentially using all the technological available surveillance, track and trace apps to control a human. It's a form of tyranny under a technocracy. And so the way I would explain this is they're not really they'll, they'll call themselves capitalists because remember these are big corporations and they're they're for profit corporations but it's more like an oligarchy a very small set of people making all the rules making the money their goal is to crush the middle class that's why i said look to the covid lockdowns they 
crush the middle class. The, the, the biggest transfer of wealth from the poor and middle class to the wealthy and lockdowns killed. But no one cared because it was their big leap. They didn't care, the people imposing it, because it was their big leap forward, to use Chairman Mao's term, in terms of, of gaining access and creating a template and a psych op to, to, to accept this. We've had many politicians since then say it's amazing how compliant the public was, and it gets them excited for the next phase, which is going to be a climate emergency. But to answer your question, they're looking to nationalize industries at this point. There's a whole call, and I documented this on my website, Climate Depot, as an update to the book. Australia, Canada, Europe, United States, because of all this chaos we have from the oversized government regulations and lockdowns, they're using that chaos to claim that the free market has failed and therefore government must come in and nationalize these industries, manage every aspect. It won't be this true nationalization because they'll probably still be free market on paper, private companies, but they're going to be under the control of the government or worse yet, government will be under the control of these corporate oligarchs. And you could argue that's happening now with people like Bill Gates and Jeff Bezos. So it's either way you look at it, they're using the, they created the chaos, the collapse comes, they blame the collapse on free market, and then they get it, they get more power to nationalizing and taking it over. And in the case of like First Amendment, that's not Facebook and, and, and big tech censorship is government censorship. It's very important to note that. We've seen it firsthand. All this Freedom of Information Act, Biden administration sends a list of names to the White House, ban these people. Big tech says, yes, what else do you want? Biden administration sends a website, take this website down. Actual response by big tech, we're on it. So they're farming out <laughs> violations of the First Amendment. So is big tech technically a private company? Yes, but they're regulated by the government working in collusion. So it's a form of fascism. Is, it, is, an, is it probably a better way to describe the Great Reset, but it's also a form of serfdom is another way. So I would use fascism and serfdom before I would use communism and socialism, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it does. And I think that what we saw in the 20th century was that the communist countries starved. The fascist countries might have been totalitarian nightmares, but people were still eating. And that's what they need. I wanted to make one point of what you said about socialism. They believe that socialism has never been correctly tried and Marxism has never, like a lot of these academics. And they'll say, well, the Soviet Union didn't do it right. Eastern Europe didn't do it right. Or Venezuela, that didn't count. That didn't do it right. And it's amazing because capitalism is always compared to reality. And it's it always, I'm sorry, capitalism is compared to, yeah, to reality. And you can, and, and it's, you, know, you look at it, but socialism is always presented as a utopia. So socialism never, never, you can never see warts because it's always presented in the like, oh, it's going to be this and we're going to do that and it's going to be this. And meanwhile, they look at the actual capitalism and they say, oh, look at how horrible it is. But they never actually look at actual socialism. And a key point on that, if you look at even on lockdowns, we now have the former Surgeon General. We have the former COVID response person, one's named Jerome Adam, former Surgeon General, and now Deborah Burks, actually saying, well, you know, lockdowns were never actually tried. We weren't actually locked down. We didn't go through a lockdown. They're trying to <laughs> redefine the language. So when your school was closed, your business, your local restaurant, your gym, your church, but Walmart was open, that was not a lockdown. And there are people, even Trump appointees, cr trying to claim this with a straight face today, just like they claim socialism has never been tried or communism was never tried correctly. Well, that brings up the fact that former Trump administration people are saying this. I think everyone's got this sense that there's a big comeuppance in the midterms coming. And even if you elect a flood of Republicans, 
How do you tell which ones are on board with this and which ones aren't? Well, we know the leadership's bad. Everyone from Congressman Crenshaw to Kevin McCarthy, Mitch McConnell, these are they're milk toast. They don't even take any of this seriously. They were silent on lockdowns. They were silent on vaccine mandates. They just can't be bothered. You know, they're just not interested. So I'm hoping that we have a lot of firebrands elected because what we need to do is get the Republican Party and, and Democrat, concerned Democrats to actually change the narrative. This isn't left and right anymore. This is freedom versus tyranny. I devote a whole chapter to that concept. Naomi Wolf, former Clinton Gore advisor, says she wouldn't have voted for Biden if she knew he was for lockdowns. Socialist actor Russell Brand from Hollywood literally has now taken a 380, even sounds defense defending Trump to some extent, railing against the Great Reset. Jimmy Dore, who used to be on Young Turks, the most progressive liberal show out there, is now railing on Democrats and lockdowns and, and the Great Reset. Glenn Greenwald, I document person after person in a whole chapter, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. So I'm hoping that we can wake up everyone, but I think the way to fight this is resist at every level, resist mass mandates, resist resist climate emergency, resist car bans, resist meat bans. All of that's coming. All of that's actually arrived in one place or another already. I know you got limited time here, but one, one or two more questions. One would be Democrat or Republican. I kind of feel like I can hear the buzzwords of people who are on board with this. If they say the word sustainability, forget it. Climate crisis, climate emergency, build back better. They're all, you know, it's kind of like you can, you know, it's like it's the tell. If you're watching Invasion of the Body Snatchers, you know, if you see someone, you can always tell something's a little bit off. Yeah, and you can tell. And 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 I mentioned Dan Crenshaw. He was someone who was touted as big conservative Republican. And then people started looking a little closer and he dismissed the Great Reset. And and a lot of people do. I, I was called by Media Matters from America, a great reset conspiracy theorist. Well, we're not a conspiracy. No one's a conspiracy theorist on the Great Reset. We're conspiracy observers. And 2020 <laughs> was the year conspiracy realities outnumbered conspiracy theories. Well, when I look up conspiracy in the dictionary, one of the words is secret. That's part of the definition. This is not a secret. They've written their plans all over the place. Yeah, they're actually open. And that's why the book I cite all the mainstream sources. I cite the quotes, the website of the World Economic. It's fun because they don't try to hide it at all. There are a few things. When they did the original, you'll owe nothing, be happy, they originally pulled the video down and then they realized how insane they sounded. So they actually did another video, which I document in the book, where they try to backpedal and they they say that the Great Reset isn't a conspiracy and that these are just a vision. And they they're, they're so they are worried about image. They do realize that they revealed too much, but there's so much information that they've revealed it's just bleeding out of every pore. I'll tell you, give me a good old crook politician who's just trying to rip me off. These people believe their own nonsense, and that makes them dangerous, like in a Jim Jones kind of way. Yeah, well, I have H.L. Mencken quote in the book, you know, with a famous quote where he says, you're much better off with sort of the evil power hungry person because they're your their torment may tire at times they might move on but the person who thinks they're doing it for your own good will never tire their moral superiority over you and that's sort of the description of public health that sort of description of the climate activists they think they're saving our lives they think they're saving our children's lives and so they know no end to the amount of torture that they want to put upon us to save us well, they've got to be stopped, that's for sure. And Mark, I'm so glad you wrote this book. Where can people find more of your work, your writing? Well, I rail in the book about big tech and Amazon. 
Amazon. You can buy the book at Amazon. So I'm a complete hypocrite. I'm like Donald Trump selling ties, ties made in China. No, Amazon is selling it. I'm <laughs> grateful that they haven't banned the book. You can also buy it directly from Regnery, and we're going to be selling it at cfact.org and Climate Depot, my website. So I do like to say that. I got to tell you, I was on many interviews the last couple of weeks since this book came out. And in the comment section, in my emails, on Twitter, people are hitting me hard. How can you rail on big tech and then sell your book on Amazon? So partially guilty as charged, but also it's impressive that Amazon hasn't banned books like mine yet. Yeah, I'm all for using them. Hey, they're, they're certainly <laughs> trying to use us. So I'm guilty too. Mark, again, thanks for writing the book and thanks for spending a few minutes with me here today. Great talking to you. Thank you so much, Tom. I appreciate it. All right, friends, that's going to do it for today. Just a few reminders to stop by TomMullenTalksFreedom.com slash support and check out all the ways that you can support my efforts here, including joining my Patreon or my Substack. And if you haven't already, make sure that you go to itsthefedstupid.com to download a copy of my free ebook, It's the Fed Stupid. And as always, if you like the music you've heard here on Tom Mullen Talks Freedom, you can hear more at tommullensings.com. Thanks for listening. The war of ideas has only just begun. Arm yourself with the knowledge you need by heading to TomMullenTalksFreedom.com and subscribing to our email list. And remember, every revolution starts in the minds of the people.